1: UK Tech Weekly podcast. Hello and welcome to the UK Tech Weekly podcast. This week I'm joined by Henry Burrell, our consumer tech editor at Tech Advisor. Hello. And Tamlin McGee, edit, uh, a reporter at TechWorld.com. It's just
2: too much for a mouthful, isn't it? Yes, it, is, <laughs> it is. Well,
1: I tried to make it simple by the same reporter and it backfired aggressively oh, on me. That's fine. Um, this week we're going to be talking about the new Pixel phones. Uh, that's why Henry's here and we're going to be talking about the London Film Festival because Tamlin's been. Diving into that, but first, we're going to start off with some news. Um, I wanted to talk quickly about the Google Plus hack. Um, A, because I think it needs a little bit of unpacking for people, and B, because it's hilarious to talk about Google (laughs) Plus in uh, the year of our Lord 2018. I don't don't think I have a Google Plus. I think everyone has. (laughs) I think you have to have one. If you're a Google, if you have a Google account, you buy proxy have a google plus account right okay i mean i vaguely
3: remember looking into it when it was launched i don't even remember what year that was you probably have like a gray avatar <sighs> yeah. and no
2: information on google there. Egg. same as the executives at google as well <laughs> <laughs> pretty much i've not been using it for years no no
1: um so that that's like the first point is that people have been talking about the downfall of google plus since like 2013 was i think really now. pretty much yeah from the day it launched um, but for anyone that isn't aware of its existence, um, which I can't blame you for, it's basically Google's social media platform. Yeah. Um, and it was uh, it it went through lots of iterations, but originally you were kind of in circles, and then you yeah. would share things in your circles. Yeah, like a weird kind of like exclusive
3: Venn diagram. Of yeah, <laughs> interests.
1: It never worked. It never no, ever it was worked. Weird. Um, and uh, the reason it's back in the news uh, is because. Google has had to completely shut it down. Um, they've basically wiped it off the face of the planet um, because there was a data breach uh, back in 2015 uh, that they never reported. Okay. So, so,
3: but was it actually like a breach in like a hack, or was it more just like it could have been viewed? Info yeah. So
1: breach actually is is probably the wrong word. So the the way to think about what happened is um, it's actually very similar to what happened at Facebook with the Cambridge Analytica scandal right there was a there was a developer API for Google Plus which allowed people to access information that you hadn't like specifically made public um, in the way that people were doing with Facebook apps so you would do a quiz obviously yeah and then through that uh, because the permissions were so loose you'd be able to then access like whole pools of information so this is more
3: like in in a small window third party devs could have yes um, conceivably looked at your personal details. So had
2: Google Plus been popular, it could have resulted in a scandal similar to Cambridge. <laughs> Which is
3: why it's so funny. They just go, <laughs> they've literally gone like, ah, it's probably fine because you weren't using it. So, <laughs>
1: Yeah. So apparently they discovered it, patched it. They, they found that 438 apps were accessing third-party information, okay. um, poss- you know, potentially <clears throat> ethically problematically. Um, that's a very, very small number. Mm. Um, and only 500,000 people's information was... Um, kind of shared inappropriately. Supposedly, they like it's like
3: I think the API is on like a two-week up upgrade cycle. Yeah, so the window is small. Yeah,
1: so the hack itself is not really a big deal. Um, the the big deal with this story is that um an internal memo was um made public by the Wall Street Journal, in which um the CEO of Google under Pj um it went all the way to the top basically, and they decided not to report this breach because in his exact words, um, they feared Cambridge Analytica style repercussions for the company. Right. Um, no, I think which that's is the wrong decision, which is problematic, uh, yeah. because you're, and for context as well, Google, um, more than most has been very, very keen to keep itself out of these sort of enveloping privacy scandals. So Larry Page didn't, he was the only one of the big kind of, um, tech executives not to turn up to the Congress hearings. Yeah, he didn't turn up, did he? There was an empty seat. Um, and that, that, plays into bigger problems with larry page's kind of um distant leadership of alphabet at the moment yeah. um but that's for another day uh so yeah they they clearly um really did not want this to come to light uh and now that it has it's 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 embarrassing for
3: them yeah and it's interesting that it is just closed down i kind of expected that to happen at some point anyway yeah i mean this but... was this was clearly that the because the... it's just not it's not google does is it like no. facebook and whatever i'm not gonna say instagram but that is facebook now isn't it yeah. <laughs> um it's more like they are services and they try to like you know make your life better by like giving you stuff and services and try and like up like make you invest in that platform yeah because google is i always feel we can talk about this a bit with the phones as well but like it's just kind of a service that it, you use and google is always there but it doesn't ever try to make you buy into a product unless it's physical hardware
1: no so i think the the kind of the backstory of google plus is that when they created google plus it was very much at the peak of the social media boom and they felt like if they didn't have their own offering they were going to fall behind and i think their main concern was that they would completely miss out on that mobile advertising market which facebook now dominates because it's such a big social media player that didn't play out but that i i understand the logic yeah totally um they probably didn't execute as well as they could have
2: could the could the memo itself be indicative of uh, well, I guess it is indicative of wider problems at Google, which is kind of concerning when you think about how many Android phones there are on the planet. Mm-hmm. Like Yeah. There's there's always been news stories about, you know, unsecure, unvetted apps or clone apps on the Android platform. But um I mean I wonder if there's a, a parallel there with you know, how they how they kept this problem to themselves. Like that there might be other things or there probably are other things that yeah. we we have no idea about. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I wasn't aware, but apparently there's a there's a unit within Alphabet whose entire job is to basically point uh, the finger at like breaches and holes with third uh, party um, developers. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. It's called like the Open Something Project. Um, so there's some irony there that they have a unit um, which does this kind of thing. But then when they do it themselves, they're not as forthcoming um, with the breach. And oh. it takes three years and a Wall Street Journal um, yeah. investigation to make it come to light.
3: Does it make you, does it make you feel that they like you were sort of suggesting that um, they might have hidden things like this before? And why would they hide things like that? Because I mean, it's, we laugh about Google Plus, and it's kind of it really was the final nail. Yeah. But like, if you did if the same thing happened with like you know Gmail mm-hmm. or like conceivably Google Pay information or whatever, Absolutely. then like I don't know. Do you think that they were just so <laughs> unaware of like Google Plus just because no one was using it that they kind of let it slip? Or
1: possibly, I mean, it's it's impossible to speculate, but like it definitely has a window into their their corporate culture here in the fact that they are um, very risk-averse and they very much don't want things like this seeing the light of day. Um, whereas I personally would rather a company of that size and power be a little bit more transparent.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah. Um, what was the other thing I was going to say? The other thing I was going to say is that uh, this also um, plays into another issue that Google is having recently, where um, they're actually uh, they've been subject to a couple of um, pretty high-profile internal leaks recently. Yeah. Um, so obviously, this memo coming out is is embarrassing to them, and and that has to have come, I assume, from internal um, sources. And also, Breitbart published a hour and a half long video a couple of months ago um of the first all they always at google they have an all hands every week and it's like topics x talking about what's been going on yeah but they released the video of the one the day after the trump election and it was a lot of sort of liberal hand-wringing and the conservatives obviously lapped it up um i missed that actually but like yeah yeah, it's it's quite interesting i watch most of it um and it's it's mostly um sergey brin just talking about um or Sergey Brin uh, talking about uh, how sad and devastated everyone is. Um, right, yeah, which, that's not great. To uh, that, it's it? just, I mean, it was a, it was a kind of something that they they stream to all their employees, so it's very easy to leak. But there there do seem to be some some leak issues at, at Google at the moment, and these embarrassments, as Facebook have shown, tend to kind of accumulate pretty quickly.
2: Was there, I guess Google's sort of enemy number one in the sort of alt right circles because mm-hmm. of the very public firing of the person who. Sent around that ridiculous memo. That oh, yeah. was what Google, was he called? It? James. Oh, I, can't
1: remember. Uh, I don't want to get it
2: wrong. Yeah. But it, Sexist James. Yeah. yeah. Just just complaining about. With his stupid The face. fact that he can't get away with sexism at, at work and stuff. And I think. It, yeah. I I think think that really the, angered all the sexists yeah. and misogynists for some reason. Who I think the also, <laughs>
1: the all right also hate Google because they believe that it like pushes down their content and stuff like that same with facebook right people complain that it
3: it sort of pushes conservative conservative stuff down or up depending on who's hacked it that month yeah um but is that because these companies shouldn't be like the bbc they shouldn't have a political bias or are we going to come to the point where large corporations like this can have a a public stance to
1: that well I've, i've always said with twitter that there's no reason why twitter can't decide what the hell goes on its platform at the end of the day it's it doesn't have to be a neutral platform yeah. and it definitely isn't so no
2: i think that's a that's a whole other topic yeah. But i mean mm. when you are getting people like the atlantic atlantic council advising facebook what's acceptable on their site like you know no no tears shed over um alex jones being banned from any platform but uh groups like the atlantic council are very much pushing uh, atlanticist pro nato kind of thing you know removing like pro venezuelan pages and things like that So yeah.
3: anyway yeah. I'm, I'm ranting but you now no, we've, did, we've talked it's... about it quite a lot I mean, yeah cool yeah,
1: I, yeah I'll, I'll wrap up but yeah i just wanted i just thought it'd be uh quite no, nice no, to, you know, to dive in and um also uh rip google plus yeah
3: what circle would you have been in what circles <laughs> is it circles of people or was
2: it yeah circ- was it interests no none of us
1: no. No. Google, <laughs> knows. Google didn't know. We probably right. should have Oh Yeah, go and, go and delete your account. <laughs> R.I.P. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and talk about Google a little bit more. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices Uh, Henry Google. Yeah, um, they still make phones though. Yeah, they love a phone. Uh, I love got... a phone. Yeah, you do. You love guys a pretend phone. you don't
3: love a phone, but I know you do. Uh, so I'm looking wh- at mine right now. <laughs> what phone? <laughs> what phone have they brought out? Well, Pixel Three. <laughs> yeah, the Pixel Three XL. So yeah, as you would assume, the third time they've done a Pixel, um, this was no secret. I think in recent memory, this was the most leaked phone. More
1: Google leaks.
3: Yeah, big old leak. Um, it does happen to apple but usually in the past couple of years like the last
1: the last iphone was pretty badly leaked
3: yeah the XS leaks but that was sort of that was just because the the guy 95 mac is really good at like guessing urls and finding Mm. like official images whereas like this is actually just like two months ago or so like they were just on the russian black market someone just nicked them off a van or something or just like someone in the supply chain is easily bribed um and even then, like three days before the launch, um, guys over in Gadget found one in a shop in Hong Kong, did a whole hands-on because oh, yeah. someone was just selling it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's been ridiculous. And um, then there was this whole ridiculous conspiracy theory that um, usually our, our friends in the tech YouTube world um, attached themselves to. Um, fair enough, um, they got more traffic than we did, but mm. uh, they were suggesting that this Google Pixel 3 XL, which is, uh, I don't know if you've seen the pictures, has a, a very large notch.
2: Absolute unit.
3: Yeah, absolute unit. Yeah, it's like a dog's nose at the top. Like, it's, it's, so, <laughs> it's huge, um, like, comically so. And people were saying, oh, I think Google have leaked, like, a fake product. And then they're going to, like, be surprised, <laughs> That's not good, bitches. It? And then, like, uh, I mean, obviously that is not true. No. And Google had to, they had quite an interesting event. Um, we were not at the one in New York. We were at the one in London. So they, like, live stream it for UK press um, and hands-on time with the phones um it was a weird one uh they were very much about what is google for we are like and they didn't actually mention the google plus thing yeah we thought they may do but they didn't but they kind of addressed it indirectly so yeah. rick ostolo he's the uh, devices guy sundar didn't actually do anything this year which is slightly odd um he came out and kind of they'd they'd like well uh the Beatles' help. Well, a cover of it was playing, and it's all about how Google helps you, mm. and like it wants to like be in your life and like help you out and like make your life better and everything. So theirs is very much a software play. Yeah. So they it. go in with the software thing, and then they went, and here are all the new devices, and then they all like, <laughs> did you see? They came. They came up. out of the floor. This didn't they? happen in London, but in New York, they came out of columns. They they appeared, in the, and then and then he was like, right, no, everyone sit down again, sit down, and then they all like went back. That was really weird. Um, so what was it? Phones, and then there's the home phones, device. home hub. Up. which is a bit like an Echo Show, so mm-hmm. like a smart display that you plug in. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> it doesn't have a camera on it, which is great, because in the same week that Facebook brought out their portal device, which everyone was like, why would I put a Facebook hardware with a camera in my house? Um, it was quite clever of Google to not put a camera on it. Um, it's just like a quite of, what I'd say, affordable, 140 quid little uh, display that you can just sort of you know, have in the kitchen, hands-free, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I personally wouldn't really use one. We'll get it in for review and see. It's kind of like one of these um, categories of device that we don't really know yeah. who is buying them and why people are buying them. But I, have
2: a, I have a Google Home and I like it very much. Yeah, yeah. But it's... like that's the audio thing,
3: I suppose. Would, yeah, you, would yeah. you want it to have a screen?
2: I can, I can see like extremely limited uses for it. Like maybe like, recipe videos. Or... Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, that's, like that's the like one the they, they always go tomorrow. to. Yeah. It's
3: like you can say, "Hey, how do I need dough?" And that's what. And but then, also yeah, I've got my phone for that. You know, yeah, and then a lot of people would just say, "Yeah, well, you can, you got Google Assistant." Could you have it like as a rotating picture frame? Yes, right. you yeah. can. Uh, it's got this deep integration with Google Photos, yeah. and um, it can like calibrate the screen so that in, in certain lights it looks like more natural photos, and you can like have stuff like you know whatever. Yeah, yeah if you're a techie I mean, person, you're going to have it knocking wanted... about on you for a yeah, calendars and such. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's that. That was pretty cool. It's quite small. Um, then there's the Google Pixel Slate, which is a well, I suppose like an iPad Pro kind of competitor. Mm-hmm. It's far too expensive. Um, i think it's 550 or for just the tablet that doesn't come with the 190 pound keyboard um and that's the uh the underpowered one as well like if you want like a like an i7 of these things like it's it's going to cost you like nearly two grand and so but it's a chrome but well it's not chromebook it's chrome tab <laughs> mm. it's a bit like surface then <laughs> yeah basically yeah but i only ran chrome so um Fine. yeah it's like it's like a big android thing but and the phones are interesting um with me. Uh, oh, yeah, so, so the so, so it has a notch, basically, uh, because, like all-notch phones, it wants to give you a taller screen with more usable space, um, but then also, yeah, not have a big bezel at the top. But weirdly, the uh, the small one has the exact same cameras and tech in it. It just doesn't have a notch, just smaller. Um, so a lot of people are just going to want to go for the small one, probably, unless you want that big old notch at the top.
2: The notch is a dog's nose type feature.
3: Yeah, <laughs> it is, yeah. So, I mean, iPhone X has a notch, but it's, like, quite um, long and, um, th- like, Short, yeah. whereas this is like more squat, it's like a square almost at the right, top, okay. and people just sort of have taken on bridge with it. But I mean, it's got two selfie cameras in it, so you can do wide angle selfies. It's got a big speaker in it, so you've got dual speakers on the front. Like, yeah, and when you use a phone with a notch, you kind of just forget it's there anyway. Yeah, it's not too big a deal. Um, the phones are really expensive though, um, it's 150 pounds more than last year, 150 more as well. How much is it? Uh, a blah, 739 for the small one,
1: okay, so at about I'm the same as the 10R
3: yeah and that's the problem i think they're going to have like they've got operator partnerships with everyone this year it was only e last year okay. um so they're, they're going to be in more stores and you're going to see more stuff around but yeah you bring up a good point if you, if you see a uh, if you're on the fence about what phone to get and you see this iphone 10r for the same price as a pixel i think most people most normal people
1: <laughs> are going to get uh, an iphone I think. do some people like love the google phones does they it have like a fan
3: base uh it is very still very techie yeah um It's funny because, yeah, obviously Google makes Android. I think most people probably don't really think about that. A lot of people, like, I know, just think that Samsung is Android, Mm. um, which is fair. Like, you don't have to obviously take an interest in these phones. Um, But with the Pixel, um, yeah, it's more like an enthusiast device at the moment. Um, And I don't really know who buys them, and they don't sell a lot of them. No. Um, Like, which is kind of makes sense why the event was all about, you know, how the services help you. And, like, this is if you just want... The hardware and the way Google wants to present it to you.
2: I was going to say, like, Google's got so much money, can it afford to just create like nice, interesting devices and say, "Look, what we're capable of doing," without actually yeah. having to worry about. It's almost a lost is isn't it?
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, and they, but they do, in the tech press. They do get good reviews, and the camera is like ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's still only got one rear-facing camera. We'll have a review soon, uh, but it's doing some really clever stuff. And also, but it's the stuff that I no doubt on and enjoy. But you know, I'd be interested to know if you care about the sort of things it, it does. But basically. Most high-end phones have two cameras now, usually for depth perception or uh, zooming, uh, whereas Google does both of these with just the one. The r doesn't, does it? It doesn't, no, no. No, it's only a digital zoom. But like, so the uh, Pixel will just take, when you open the camera, it's basically like constantly collecting image data. Like It's actually kind of taking a photo and storing it in memory for a few seconds. Yeah. And then when you press the shutter, it takes like, I think it's five or six, um, closest to when you press the shutter and then computationally, after the fact, merges them together. Gotcha. And then, like, uses the information from the pixels. So, like, also if you can zoom in, it's got this new super zoom yeah. feature. So you zoom and it, it knows your hand is shaking and it can, like, compensate for the shake. So, like, mm-hmm. when you digitally zoom, you don't get that grain where it's, like, trying to work out what's going on. I have
1: before, seen before
2: some... The delirium tremens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the morning
1: shakes, yeah. I have um, seen some tweeted, like, comparisons and the, the, the camera is very good. It's very uh, yeah, because I mean, the Pixel
3: 2, um, it, I, in my opinion, is still, like, until I review this new one, the best... Is that when you went and did some phone. low light stuff? Yeah, the low light's mad. And, it's cool, yeah. it's, and the, the new one, it's cool as well because they're going to back this software update see so here's the advantage of buying into services is that you will get some of the new camera features on older hardware. But it's got this thing they call Night Sight. They came up with lots of funny puns mm-hmm. for what it's called. And again, it's, um, other cameras like Huawei's phone, it uses just like a shitload of pixels and <laughs> image data to like collect more light. And have, yeah. uh, but uh, the Pixel will do it all computationally. And it kind of artificially adds light to photos. But some people don't care about that. They just want to have an iPhone. And yeah. Would it, yeah.
2: Would it be a good shout if you're on more of a limited budget to so maybe pick up a original Pixel now if you can find one? Or just, yeah. just wait until they're a bit cheaper and then... Yeah,
3: totally. Like, the Pixel 2 has gone down in price now. You can get the small Pixel 2 for, like, four hundred under £450, pounds, which is a good deal. And yeah. you're going to get most of, yeah, what the new one has uh, without that notch um, in a software update, so... Nice, good phones. Anything um, else
1: about the phone apart from the camera? Nice. It's,
3: it's it's the last phone. Uh, the, the Pixel Two was still aluminium, um, so if you dropped it, it's not going to necessarily smash the back. Mm. Uh, it's glass now. Okay. <laughs> so that's partly why it's more expensive, and every uh, flagship phone is glass now. So yeah. Goodbye to metal phones. And no more small phones. There. Yeah. The, the Pixel Three is smaller. Okay. It's 5.5 5 inch screen, which is apparently considered the small size now, but it's quite squat. And the XL's. Um, XL's like 6.3, I think. Yeah, so it's got
2: a chunky battery life on it as well.
3: Or... Yeah, the battery life is meant to be pretty good. Um, the, yeah, the, the, the bigger one, obviously, the, the advantage you get is bigger screen, bigger battery, but otherwise, it's the same phone. Mm.
1: Yeah. Cool. It's enough phones. Yeah. Sorry. For one day. O- onward. <laughs> uh, we're going to take another quick break and we to come back to talk to Tamlin about films. Tamlin, it is uh, London Film Week. London Film Month? Film Festival. Film Festival. (laughs) Which runs for more than a week. Uh, You've been talking to some directors, uh, you've been diving into the programme, what has sort of stood out on the program this year for you?
2: Well there are there's a small handful of films that are, that make like uh, technology really central to their plot and narrative and there's one film um, that plays out, a thriller that plays out entirely on a guy's computer screen about mm-hmm. a journalist infiltrating ISIS which is a really interesting concept although not the first time he's, he's done it but what I want to talk about was a really interesting looking documentary that I've seen but promise not to Talk about the uh, spoil (laughs) or or review until after the premiere, which is on Sunday. Okay, Uh, but I can talk about the premise of it. Nice, and it's called The Plan. It's by a director called Steve Sprung, and it's about uh, how workers at a factory, an aerospace factory called Lucas Aerospace in the seventies, were threatened with redundancy. Um, And they came up with an alternative plan so that instead of manufacturing, you know, weapons and things to kill people, they created a comprehensive document full of feasible uh, devices that would be socially useful was their term. And a lot of it was really, really progressive. Like you can, for for example, they were talking about something called uh, thermal pollution at that time, which now we understand to be like greenhouse yeah. gases. And uh, in the in the mid-70s, that was really a, prog- a progressive thing to be talking about. Also, like, hybrid engines, um, fuel agnostic generators for the developing world, all this sort of stuff. So it's just a really interesting concept and it's a part of uh, British and like working-class history that I was not aware of at all until I had the press release in my inbox saying, nice. we're, we're making this film.
1: So this is a documentary?
2: Yes, it's a documentary.
1: Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, that that's... Yeah, that's part of history that I was not aware of. Um, You've seen the film. How how does it how does it look? How how does it play out? I I
2: promise not to talk about the film itself. So that's (laughs) slightly annoying of me, but um, not my fault. Uh, But I I would say I I think the premise of the film is extremely relevant to today because it brings up all these questions about not only what is work and who is it for, but also what is technology? Who is it for? Who does it serve and what? could be possible compared to what we are doing. So, of course, right. they, they were talking about, like, de weaponizing, Let's, like, instead of making fighter jets or missiles, let's make generators. Yeah. You know, not a big leap from manufacturing from aeroplanes to be able to do that. Um, but now, you know, the, the question's even more pertinent, I think, because, you know, we've got, like, 10, 20 years to sort out climate change or we're all going to go extinct. 12, isn't it? 12. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. Um, and... I guess, you know, the questions of AI, artificial intelligence and, and what all these big Silicon Valley companies are doing behind closed doors without any sort of citizen or democratic input. Um, I always wonder personally, like, I wonder what could be achieved if we weren't putting this technology into, I don't know, surveillance or yeah. or, or for private profit or for advertising or marketing. It's know? funny,
1: it really reflects, like, what is becoming a bit of a theme in the Valley at the moment where... Um... Employees of these companies are starting to band together and basically ask questions of the priorities of the companies they work for. So they're starting to ask uh, Microsoft. There's quite vocal groups now talking about why they're doing, uh, why they're providing technology for the border control, right, and then right. yeah, same right. things happening at Salesforce and and same thing's been happening at Google, Amazon um, as well. Yeah, uh, so,
2: Google Project Maven, the drone program for the Department of Defense in America as well. Yeah, the, the, the workers there got that put on. Ice, pardon the pun. So there's that
1: interesting tension between management and employees in terms of what, like, a lot of people, I think, who moved to the Valley, especially when they moved to the Valley in the 70s, when it really was in its infancy, they moved there, I think, because they thought they could sort of use technology to make the world a better place. And that never really kind of played out. All it's done is build a massive advertising sort of industry. For
2: sure, for sure. And if you talk to it, you know, even when I'm doing like Enterprise B2B conferences or whatever, you talk to these engineers and a lot of them are big sci-fi fans. And Not only sci-fi, but they love like the utopian kind of sci-fi of Star Trek Mm -hmm. more than the dystopian stuff.
1: And that's why they love open source. That's why the open source community exists. Is Because these guys love to collaborate and and work with each other.
2: So, yeah, I think um, to an extent, maybe some of the engineers have been... Uh, victims in this, because they're, you know, sold the idea of Google, wasn't so talking about Google again, but, you know, Don't Be Evil, which they dropped recently. They did drop that, didn't they? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> be evil now, it's okay. Um, <laughs> but, um, but
1: yeah, like,
2: it, it's, it's definitely not gone in that direction, has it?
1: No, they were sold a dream, um, yeah. and it never kind of played out. It does come to the surface, though. It, did, it bubbled a little bit
3: at the Pixel event. Oh, really? Like, like the, the people they have on stage, they're like, they are like, yeah, the nerds. And yeah, they are just like, we I can't believe we created this thing that can like screen your calls for you and like ring up a restaurant and make you a booking. And they're just like, it's really exciting. Yeah, the then, thing. Yeah, Jubilee, yeah, yeah, but then they, yeah, they try and put out hardware to reach an audience, but really, like, yeah, they can't really control what their company is involved in in mm. other areas.
1: So w- was was that kind of what happened at Lucas? Was this this group of employees basically, um, well, kind of took took over the. The shop.
2: No, no, sadly not. <laughs> it's completely the other direction. And again, I, I don't want to talk too much about it because I don't want to spoil the film, but most of this is like publicly, public yeah. knowledge, you can Google it. Um, so they came up with this really comprehensive plan, uh, the trade unionists at the at the uh, Lucas Aerospace, and they had the support of Tony Benn. Mm. Uh, and it didn't happen. I Management get... refused to talk to them ever again. Yeah. Um, so, you know, quite... Quite sad, but still really interesting that there was such a sort of progressive movement towards creating like creating good things with technology back in the seventies. I mean, you you hear you hear like the Financial Times or the Telegraph say, "Oh, you know, Corbyn and Donald—they want to take us back to the 70s, But hang on, there were workers in the seventies who are like, "Well, let's save the world before it's too late." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. maybe we maybe we could look back a little bit at some of the progressive stuff that was just sort of swept under the rug
1: it sounds really good um and you kind of dived into the program a little bit you wrote kind of a roundup of some of the techie titles that are going to be um screened at the festival um is technology purposefully a theme this year or is it more a coincidence that that's just what a lot of people are making movies about right now
2: I, i i wouldn't even say there's that many films that I mean, I But did they just a round- caught your attention. Yeah, I, I did a roundup, and it's got like six things in it. Okay. And I, I did look through the program. And I, the, these were the most interesting things I could find. But there, there were these ones made technology very central, uh, either to the production or or to the to the narrative. Like, there's something that was described uh, a film called Cam as a thrillingly sex positive techno horror about a cam girl. Uh, and there's I've no, seen I, I've seen a poster for that. Yeah, you have. Yeah, I, I, I haven't. I haven't at all. But I, I'm on a different planet when I'm commuting, so it doesn't surprise me. Uh, there's the plan. Obviously, there's another one called Make Me Up, which is about. It's like uh, taking these YouTube beauty videos to their like extreme dystopian <laughs> conclusion. Um, like a, a feminist techno thriller as well. Uh, so there's, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of stuff that looks really interesting. There's one called uh, The Guilty, which I saw a press screener for, but. I'm not sure if it's been premiered yet, so I probably can't talk about that either, but it's, it's set in a call center and it's uh, despite that it's good. Okay. <laughs> and that film well, that you
1: mentioned up front as well, that kind of all plays out on the guy's desktop Oh, um, profile. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me because there was a film that actually hit the cinemas earlier this year called searching, which is, is similar concept where, um, a guy, it's a uh, John Cho who is, um, one of the broy bros in American pie, but this oh, right. is a more serious role. um, and his daughter goes missing, and then it basically all plays out on him, like searching through Google and social media to try and track her down. Right. And apparently, it's 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 obviously a really interesting concept, but apparently, it's quite well done as well.
2: I, I've not seen that, but it's the same guy, um, Timur Bekmambetov. <laughs> Apologies, <if> I've completely <laughs> massacred his name, but he's he's developed software um, called Screenlife to to make films in this sort of fashion. Gotcha. And, um. Yeah. There's searching. There's profile. and There's another one called unfriended dark web, and it all unfolds oh, right. on computer screens. And he wants to make. He wants to be extremely prolific and make loads and loads and loads of them. Um, yeah. So he's he's sort of almost spurring on a movement
3: with. When, when is it going to change, though? That uh, tech in films is not dystopian and not kind of like you know malicious and evil. Because like even in like Hollywood films, when there's tech, I think it's normally portrayed as like bad. Yeah. So I I genuinely think
2: that more sort of, like tech positive and utopian sci-fi stories are probably going to come from china because there's a big uh sci-fi fiction movement over there which doesn't focus on dystopian at all it's all about what could be achieved right and you can you You could argue argue
1: interstellar is as close as we've got to that yeah i'm not actually seeing that it's not good oh
2: (laughs) (laughs) i mean i think it's so we talked about dystopia recently didn't we but it's so easy to it's a lot easier to, to imagine it because it's just like the world we're in but slightly worse with a bit more scary tech in it, you know. Yeah, it's easy know.
3: to make it malicious isn't it? and then scary.
2: Think, yeah, I think yeah. like positive sci-fi is much more interesting area and I hope we see more of it.
1: That's interesting that it'll probably emerge from China, especially considering that a real-life dystopian situation just played out and the fact that the most famous Chinese actress <laughs> just got uh, arrested and forced to put out a uh, an apology <laughs> and for also tax yeah, evasion. Really. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and like, um,
3: it, it's sort of, chinese um tech can be demonized in the west as well like when um one of the samsung execs got sent to jail basically yeah and also where like the us banning huawei simply for the reason basically that it's chinese mm. yeah i mean that's in a very basic terms but
1: like there is there is less always... transparency traditionally there
3: yeah
2: I mean, I, I think I think China is a, a case in point just like the West where, you know, obviously tech is being used to dystopian means. Yeah, of like course, in Xinjiang yeah. province and the surveillance tech and all that. Mm-hmm. But also, I, I guess, I don't know, Chi- my understanding of, my limited understanding of like Chinese censorship is they allow criticism, but they don't like uh, mass movements, basically. That's where they step in. So you're encouraged to like criticize local government or whatever, or it's tolerated. Um, so I could understand maybe why like... I, I, i've lost my train of thought it's probably nonsense anyway <laughs> but um i you know the cultural context of films in china like what are they gonna allow yeah to be released yeah probably stuff that's like either riding the new coattails sales with this new chinese nationalism like the wolf warrior films which are great but also ridiculous propaganda um or like positive stuff i, mean, they, I just... they they they, they... i'm I'm going on now i'll stop (laughs) it's
1: all right all right we're gonna wrap it up there um i hope you enjoy this episode i think we are done for the day thank you yeah
3: we'll try and do it more regs yeah um
1: go off and enjoy your weekend watch some films films are good and and phones phones are good phones and films (laughs) thanks Bye. bye bye uk tech weekly podcast
0: okay here's the situation
3: All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we
0: can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out